This call is being recorded. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Really good. It's uh, it's 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 practically draft week. It's not, but it's practically. It's like draft week, Eve, Eve, Eve. So uh, it, I couldn't be more excited. And I'm excited because I want to tell everybody that Nyko Sports has jumped back on with us for a promo this week for a Tua Tungvalu football again. Um, it's great news. My boys, my pals, my amigos. Over at Nyko Sports, I talked to Julio just the other day. That's what kind of makes me want to sell them even more is that I've talked to this dude. I've talked to Julio several times. He's just a good, straight-up guy. And um, Nyko Sports, of course, they have this Tua Tungvalu of football. It's a full-size, fully embossed football with Tua's image Stats for all the records he set at Alabama, all the records. I'll, I'll try and get a picture attached to our um, at our Twitter feed so everybody can see what it looks like. Uh, it's got the records he set in the SEC and the NCAA records, uh, including all of his collegiate career highlights and awards. This football is only $99. And here's the cool part right now, Jimmy. A portion of the proceeds are being donated to the Make-A-Wish Alabama Foundation. This is a limited edition football, so you you have to call. You have to call 800-345-2868. That's 800-345-2868 right away. Um, You need to call me as soon as possible. You can also order it online at nikosports.com. That's N-I-K-C-O sports.com. And check them out and say that you heard it here on the Locked on Bama podcast. We would certainly appreciate that. I'm not getting any commission from it. That's not why I'm saying it. I'm just saying our sponsors like know where it's coming from. And we want you to tell them that. It's a Tua Tungvalu of football. We all love him. He was number one in our all Saban draft pick just a couple of drafts good days ago. Jimmy took him number one and ruined the whole damn thing for me. But uh, (laughs) Nyko Sports. Tua Tungo Valo football, check it out. Jimmy, uh, we can start right there. You're right about the draft, that this thing is heating up so quickly. Um, I could not be more excited. I'm excited, number one, for the draft, number two, because there's so many Alabama guys, number three, just because it's anything live sports that's not NBA players playing horse or watching NBA players play themselves in video games. Um, But I'm also excited to see how bad – the NFL is going to mess this up yet still come out on top because they're, they're all doing this from their various mom's basements. <laughs> all of them, nobody, there is no war room. Everybody is in remote locations. This is going to be nutso. Yeah. I didn't even really understand that. I, to, to me, that's going too far. Like why can't, why can't they just have it in their, why can't each team be in their war room and just have a rule that limits the number of people that can be in there? I mean, uh, and, and then have rules about cleaning. It's got to be professionally cleaned before and professionally cleaned after. And I, I don't understand going so far. I guess they're trying to set an example for the country and like say, hey, we're, we're doing the most important work things right now in the world. And, and our people are still managing to do it from home. And it's sort of set an example for everyone that, that everyone should be home, even if you can make it safe at work. I suppose that's it, but it seems like a real unnecessary hardship on, on, on such an important task. But 
But that said, I, I think it's going to be great. It, you know, it, it's two things. It's going to be the most highest rated draft ever because it's the only thing that anybody's going to care about for, for a month or two. Uh, that's number one. Number two, it's going to be weirdly the most boring draft ever. We don't get to see the cool draft things, the walk across the stage, the crazy fans, uh, all the players in the green room, uh, just all the exciting normal things we see about the draft aren't going to be present. Uh, so it's going to be strangely the most watched draft and the most boring draft uh, in terms of the presentation. But uh, I couldn't be more excited just because, I, I mean, I'm, I'm old school. I, I, I care about where these guys are going to go and, and who they're going to play for and what teams are making what decisions. Uh, so many interesting things that go beyond the Alabama guys uh, to me. Uh, I, I mean, I'm first, my, my first, my first pull, the first first factor for me in terms of why I love the draft is the Alabama guys. But secondly, uh, I, I generally am very interested in how the quarterbacks play out. Um, I think one interesting thing, I've watched a lot of draft coverage today per Mel Kuyper, who's, who's pretty good at his job. Uh, he says Jalen Hurts is, is, is sort of uh, a late mover up, up the draft boards, and he has been told by multiple teams that Jalen will not get out of the second round with uh, – in particular, the New Orleans Saints and the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys, very interested in Jalen Hurts maybe in that second round. So, uh, you know, we can root for Jalen as well as the guys that played for Alabama last season. So, uh, And then what's going to happen with the quarterbacks, uh, period? I mean, between uh, Jordan Love and Justin Herbert and Jake Fromm and Jacob Eason, all who have various connections to the SEC. So, uh yeah, I can't wait. We're just like basically 10 days away. And I, I think the, I haven't sprung it on the wife yet, but I, I, I think I'm going to figure out how to literally tailgate during the day. It's just going to be a game for me because who knows when we'll have games again. So I'm thinking of uh, a tailgate spread out on a table in the uh, in the backyard. With just you? Just me. <laughs> well, I dig uh, it. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna invite the uh, I'll invite the wife. I might invite another uh, couple uh, friends that are that are down the street uh, as long as we can remain six feet apart uh, and and it's outside. Uh, we might, that would be awkward reasons. if you if you didn't yeah. invite Kelly. I mean, it'd be like, <laughs> hey, yeah. honey, I'm going out. Well, you're just yeah. out there. Yeah, I know. It's uh, you can't come though. Yeah, I, put, uh, yeah. I, I put up a big spread in the yard. I grilled and bought crawfish and invited, uh, <laughs> invited our pals over, but you can't come. Um, yeah, Social you're right about it. Yeah, I listened to some uh, draft talk all weekend and, and this morning, even driving from Birmingham to Ellick City. And uh, Jalen Hurts is definitely a late mover, and I couldn't be happier for him. The place I heard and where I actually saw him taken in a mock draft recently is Green Bay. Um, oh, I great. don't – yeah, and I could see Green Bay. I could. Um, but I think the three you mentioned make a lot more sense to me, uh, I guess because of the tie-ins or because of the the personality fit. Jalen is just a, you know, he, he's not a showboat. He's just a, a winner. That's what he he's, – he's went to uh, – he was in college for four years, went to four uh, playoffs. I mean, it's right. a pretty good deal, right? Um, and No one's ever going to do that again. Who's going to ever yeah. do that again? No one. Trevor Lawrence. Well, well, yes and no. Yeah, Trevor won't be there four years, but yes. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Trevor won't be there four years. But secondly, and then throw in the curveball, two different teams. I mean, yeah, no I think one's the two ever, different team no, parts. 
the two different team part, no one's ever do that. Four, four years in a row in the playoff, it's hard to imagine because traditionally somebody that can get a team that far in the playoff goes pro after their junior year, much less plays for a different team. So uh, Jalen had the most unique career of any quarterback in the history of college football. And even though more and more guys are transferring, we see more and more transfers all the time, uh, it is kind of hard to fathom someone having a similar career uh, to, to Jalen. Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we'll see that. Uh, and, and definitely, here's, here's my thing. It's not just Jalen, but I always feel this way. And, and apparently the NFL doesn't do it this way, which means I'm wrong to think this way. I'm just wrong, even though the logic. But my point about where Jalen should be, teams should draft, teams number two quarterbacks should have the same skill set as the number one quarterback. Or, or you have to change the offense. It seems no, to me like sense. it seems to me, for instance, you know, Jalen should be you, you should be interested. In, I, I tell you, it's a good fit for me as Dallas, because to me, Jalen's very similar to Dak Prescott. And frankly, a lot of the same knocks on Jalen were the same knocks on Dak, you know, when he right. came out. So and Dak was a fourth round pick. Jalen's going to be drafted higher, apparently. Um. Where where I wouldn't where I where I'm interested like why would you draft Jalen there like the Saints and you often hear Jalen uh, you know mentioned with the Saints because of Drew Brees' age and they're probably not going to spend a first round pick because they're they're picking first at 24th they're not really going to get one of the top tier guys so maybe they take someone later i.e. second or third round maybe just Jalen there but you know Jalen is 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 like nothing like Drew Brees. I mean, nothing like Drew Brees. And I mean that as a compliment to Drew and not necessarily a knock on Jalen. I'm just saying that Jalen, if you're going to compare Jalen's skill set, I wouldn't start with Drew Brees, who is a the most one of the most accurate downfield pocket passers in the history of the game. And no one's going to accuse Drew of being a wizard with the RPOs like Jalen is to, to a degree. So I don't understand. I, it seems to me that... The Chiefs' backup quarterback should be a guy like Mahomes. The Ravens' backup quarterback should be a guy like Lamar. The Packers' backup quarterback should be a guy like Aaron Rodgers. So if the starter gets hurt, which is almost inevitable in that league, you don't have to change the offense when the new guy comes in. But I I haven't noticed teams really doing that over the years, even though it makes perfect sense to me. Um, I think you're right. And – Going back to what you're saying, though, about Jalen and, and some of the three teams you mentioned, I like his fit at Dallas. Number one, he's from Texas. He Then he played at Oklahoma, so he's close there. Um, he also got his start in Cowboy Stadium, um, yep. his start road to uh, stardom, mm-hmm. I guess. And yep. then, of course, in New Orleans, he's played in some Sugar Bowls, uh, or at least one Sugar Bowl. Um, and then when it comes to Pittsburgh, I think he's a non-showboating winner, and that's what I associate with Pittsburgh is just guys who just win. But a guy who is a lot like Drew Brees is Tua Tungvaluwa. And as I yes. mentioned earlier, our buddies over at Nyko Sports have a Tua Tungvaluwa football. It's got his picture on it. It's got all his records on it. You need to go check this out. It's only $99. Um, it can be autographed and by Tua if you'd like for it to. Um, the most career passing touchdowns in Alabama history with 87, it's on the football. NCAA record career passing efficiency, it's on the football. And there are many more records and highlights, including the 2018 
college football national championship and, and orange bowl offensive MVP. You can't get any better pricing than $99. You just can't do it. As you can try and find it for 98, not going to do it. You need to go to Nico sports, N I K C O.com or check them out uh, by calling them 800-345-2868, 800-345-2868. You have to check them out. Tell them that you heard about it on locked on Bama. Tell them that you, uh, think Luke's draft all saving team is better than Jimmy's. Just you know, starting a conversation with them. I mean, why not? They're good people. I've talked to them. They're, they'd love to talk to you. So one 2868 Jimmy, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this draft. And then at the very end of this podcast, we're going to have uh, something recorded by our friends on the Locked On Network. They did a draft. They're doing a draft right now, and they're doing a mock draft of their own. And I actually recorded some sound bites for the Alabama guys. Um, uh, uh, somebody from each Locked On Network respective team recorded some stuff for their individual guys. It's a really cool concept. You're going to love it. So stay tuned to the very end of the show for that. But we're going to take a break right now. We'll be back in just a second. Jimmy, here we go again. Um, Tua Tungvaluwa is a lot like <clears throat> Drew Brees, as we mentioned, for that Nyko Sports uh, ad placement. And I think he that would be a cool fit. You want Tua in New Orleans would be unbelievable to me. Of course, it will not happen. I understand it won't happen. But right now, because everybody's so stir crazy, the one thing that's out there a lot is all these guys making crazy trades. And like ESPN had a whole thing about, all right, here's what will happen. Here's the best trade scenario for every team. I mean, it was kind of crazy, like Dak Prescott being traded to the Dolphins and shit like that. Wow. Um, That'd be fun. Yeah, it'd be cool. I mean, of course, it won't happen. That's not happening. But it would be very cool. I mean, can you imagine, look, if Tua Tungvaluwa were in Dallas and he were able to throw to Amari Cooper. See, I think that's one thing that Cooper has, took, has taken some licks. Like Rex Ryan called him a turd for no reason. I mean, who the hell is Rex Ryan, by the way? I mean, yeah, he's he's got a lot more money and a lot know? more power, a lot more clout than me. But who the hell am I? I'm not calling anybody a turd. He called Amari Cooper a turd. How I've never even he heard anyone. I've never even heard anybody. I mean, I could be wrong. How the hell do I know? I'm not in these locker rooms. But I've never heard anything. Ne- even when it was sort of ugly, when when Coop left the Raiders, that was sort of an ugly divorce a little bit. But I still don't recall even the Raiders players or coaches dogging Amari. I, I, I don't remember that. Maybe that happened. I don't remember. I just meant like, where the hell did that come from? I mean, we've had. And didn't Amari make the Cowboys a lot better? I mean, if didn't, somebody didn't calls he? Ruben a turd, I would be like, oh, you know, all right. <laughs> but, yeah. but I mean, Coop, that's just crazy I, to me. I've never heard anybody saying a bad word about the kid. He is not. A, he is not a showboater either. And and Rick Ryan said somebody disappears in big games. I'm like, well, I, first of all. He hadn't been on great teams. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's been with the Raiders, um, the Raiders and were, they weren't were very good. And then Dallas was the only Cowboys. good because Amari got traded there. Exactly. Dallas got better because of him. I mean, and, and so, yeah. And and look, here's the thing. Ezekiel Elliott didn't have his best year last year. I mean, you know, if Ezekiel Elliott said 100% and Dak Prescott's playing his best, hey, I'm going to tell you, Amari's going to be pretty damn good. I, he's, he set some records this year. I mean, he's, he's just a – you know, I just found that to be – that's one of those things, and you and I are guilty of it. You and I can do this too, where you get on a rant 
and you have a great point and you feel like, here I go, I'm going to go in for the kill for the jugular. For no reason, you throw in something that makes the whole argument look stupid. Rex Ryan was actually, I I think he, he was on a decent point. Like, look, I wouldn't have done that. And the reason I wouldn't have done that, if he had said, hey, I think he's a great receiver, but as somebody pointed out on the, um, what, it's not Mike and Mike anymore. It's Golik and Wingo or whatever. Somebody pointed out, look, how many times has a receiver led a team to the Super Bowl? Right. And right. you could have, you if if Terrell Owens had won it for the Eagles, or if Julio, if Atlanta had won it um, with Julio's catching ability, I think you could make the argument those two guys did it, but they didn't win a Super Bowl with them. They just didn't do it. So my my point is, if you want to say, hey, look, I wouldn't have spent that for a. Uh, for Amari Cooper, because I don't believe receivers have that much value. You know, Randy Moss didn't lead his team to a Super Bowl. Um, so, yeah, I could get that point. But then to throw it, it's sort of like saying, you know what, um, I'm, I want to quit this job because you don't pay me enough and you don't treat me with very much respect. And plus, you have a little tiny penis. No, don't throw the last part in there. You had a point. And now you just ruined it all because it makes you look like you're the turd. Rex Ryan came out as the turd. He right? uh, wasn't. He, he did. He, no one was patting him on the back for uh, what for what he said. And I think he did exactly like like you said. We we've done ourselves. It's easy to when you're on a roll and 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 you know we're not exactly scripted here. And he's he's not scripted either. If people think we're reading, we're not reading a script. We're giving our opinions. Uh, you know, off the cuff, we we decide what we're going to talk about, and then we talk about that. And I'm sure that's what Rex Ryan was doing. And then sometimes it's easy to get on a roll and all of a sudden a sentence comes out and you're, you're, you're wanting to grab it and put it back in your mouth. Cause immediately you're like, well, why the hell did I say that? I, I, I did I don't really mean that. And, and, but you get emotional about something and, and words just, you know, you get, you get, you get diary of the mouth. And I think, I think that's what happened with, uh, with Rex Ryan and that, and that comment. But, you know, now that, now that, now that we're getting close, this has sort of snapped into focus for me. What I'm excited about is Tua, uh, the most exciting quarterback in the history of our program since Joe Namath. And, you know, how high is he going to get drafted? We're all, we're all, this is how Alabama fans roll. We're all about to be fans of the team that takes Tua because we're all going to root like hell for Tua. So whoever drafts him, now we're all fans of that team to an extent, and at least we're going to pull for him you know, for Tua's sake. Well, we're really down to what I think are three possibilities. And, and one of them I'm really going to lawyer out on, but, but, but this is, this is, we're now basically 10 days away or is it 10? Yeah. Like 10 days away, 10, 11 days. And Tua is either going to be a Miami dolphin, which is pretty exciting because Miami is such a storied franchise. I know they've been bad lately, but I mean, Dan Marino was quarterback of the, of the Miami Dolphins, and it's Miami, and it's the colors, and it's it's just a cool franchise, I think, in terms of it's got such a real NFL history. Or Tua will be the quarterback of the Los Angeles Chargers. This is why that's exciting. Number one, it's L.A. So Tua's chances to become a, a highly recognized face and, and endorsements and everything like that, all, all the – all the stuff that goes along with being a star in Los Angeles is a big deal. Secondly, the Chargers move from San Diego to L.A. Me and you, Luke, we've mocked it for, for a year. We've mocked it over. We don't call them L.A. Chargers. We call them San Diego because it seems like the dumbest move of all time. What the Chargers really need 
to make this move count and and and, and to become a, a a real franchise again is to have a face the Los Angeles Chargers and and that can be Tua for them Tua could literally be the face of a reborn franchise uh and play in LA uh which is you know closer to his his natural home in Hawaii and and everything else so it's 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 those two or this is going to happen i won't be upset if this happens i won't even really be surprised i don't think this will happen but it could and and that's that maybe we get beyond that sixth pick and Tua hasn't been taken and he falls not because he's too small not because you know he doesn't have the arm strength it, it's but it would be because of the hip it would be because of the hip and these doctors that work for these individual teams didn't have a chance to do their own examinations. It's already been reported by Michael Lombardi, former GM of the Browns, that several teams have, quote, flunked Tua uh, on his medicals. He wasn't taking a personal shot at Tua. He's reporting what he knows, and it shouldn't surprise us. So if Tua falls below number six, if, if the Dolphins don't take him, if the Chargers don't take him, and he falls below number six, he could fall quite, quite a ways. And then I think he gets to the point where it's going to be very difficult to pass on him if you are, for instance, the Patriots at 23 or you're the Saints at 24. It would be really – or the Cowboys even at 17. Uh, it, it's really tough, I think, once Tua falls that far. And the good news is, as much as Alabama fans will be so pissed off about it, hey, he'd be going to a good team. I mean, he's, he'd no, be that, set. That's true. He'd be going to a good team, and while he might not be the quarterback right away, uh, he's going to win and have every chance to be successful. So I, I think it's the third. I think the the top possibility is he goes to the Dolphins, who may even trade up to get him. Second possibility, the Dolphins take the safer health choice in Justin Herbert, and then he goes to the Chargers at six. Third possibility is the free fall. And I don't think that will happen, but I would just implore Alabama fans not to freak out and start kicking the dog if it happens because, again, it's not a personal indictment on Nick Saban, Alabama, or Tua Tungvaloa. It's the hip. And we. so it's one of the reasons that Tua almost stayed. That's one of the reasons Tua and his family considered staying at Alabama because the free fall is a real possibility. So that's just uh, something to keep in mind. Well, Jimmy, if Alabama fans do start kicking the dog, they'll miss because they're Alabama fans. And we miss kicks. That's what we do. Um, but, yeah, I, I want to see him go to Miami. I, I just I, – I mean, I grew up a Miami fan, and I quit being a, a Miami fan. I didn't really quit being a fan. I always kind of pulled for him. But, you know, it's, it's it seems to me it's more difficult – to be the fan of a pro team because if it in college, like you're so intrinsically interwoven to the whole thing, you know, especially if you went to school there, like you it's it's tied into your guts. And and maybe that's because I'm a college guy, but uh, in, in Alabama we don't have a pro team. But it's the the, the reason I love Miami for so long was because I love Marino, I loved Duper and Clayton, and they always had a boatload of Alabama guys. Well, all of a sudden, you know, like in the 90s and on into the 2000s, really, they kind of quit having Alabama guys. Well, then they got Kenyon Drake and and Minka, and I was like, oh, hell yeah, 
Well, of course, they trade them. They were probably their best two players. And um, they trade those guys, and they're kicking ass at their respective teams now. And I'm like, damn it. Well, now if they can get Tua, and there's a lot of mock drafts that have Xavier McKinney go in there. Um, I've seen uh, even Jed Wills go in there. So all of a sudden, I can be a Miami guy again, and I think Miami has the cool logo, like the old Dolphin logo, not that new one with the weird hotel on it. But um, (laughs) all right. So, Jimmy, we're going to talk a lot more about the draft coming up on our next podcast, which will be out Wednesday. We're going to talk also some basketball. Alabama got some big recruiting news, transfer news. Um, Things are looking up. And if we play next season, watch out, everybody. Right. That's right. right. I'm excited. And uh, Bill Hancock of the College Football Playoff Committee quoted today, we are planning on playing a normal season and – that's not based on any science. That's not based on anything, but it's still comforting to hear. If you want a little it hope, yeah. if you want a little hope, there's some comfort right there. All right, buddy. Thank you. Always spreading the hope. Uh, by the way, I want to tell you really quickly, the Rex Ryan thing did remind me of another joke. You know how little things remind me of these jokes. You're talking about how you get spouting off at the mouth and you uh, you maybe say too much and you take it a little bit too far. Uh, one time in church, uh, the, the priest gets up and says, look, I want everybody just you, come with me now. Y'all confess. Y'all confess. It'll make everybody feel better. He had 30 minutes of why you should confess. Somebody finally stood up and said, yeah, I want to be set free. I've, I've been stealing, stealing from my boss on the job. He said, that's right, brother. You just let it all out. It's all good. Let it out. And he said, I feel so much better. And then another guy said, I, I want to feel better. I want to feel better. I've been cheating on my wife and I'm sorry. And I'm sorry I did it. I'm going to stop right now. And the preacher said, yeah, that's right, brother. Let it all out. Another guy stands up. And, and, and before that, the preacher says, yeah, you just you just tell it all. You just tell it all. Another guy stands up and says, preacher, I, I want to confess, too. He said, well, go ahead, brother. He said, I, I don't know. He said, yeah, d- tell it all, brother. Go ahead and tell it all. And the guy said, well, I've I've got a I've got a really bad fetish. I, I like to fondle goats. Uh, and the preacher said, I don't believe I'd have told that, brother. You know, so I mean, that's how you, uh, you know, sometimes you take it one step too far. Some things just need to be kept inside, you know. Um, All right. So everybody stay tuned because we're going to have the uh, picks one through seven of the Locked On Mock Draft. And I promise you, I've listened to it. I actually have a little speaking role in this. It is very, very cool. So stay tuned. Also, check out Nico Sports, N-I-K-C-O sports.com or call them for that Tua Tungvalu football, 800-345-2868. All right, Jimmy. Uh, everybody, guess- everybody stay tuned. We'll, we'll be back tomorrow. That's Ish. right. Tomorrow-ish. Yeah, sure. You, well, it depends on when you're listening. We could have been back three days ago. I don't know when you're listening. <laughs> so, all right. Roll Tide, everybody. Roll tide. They've been playing the game their entire life. From the playground. I promise to exercise and eat right. Don't forget 60 minutes of play a day, right? I'm playing the NFL. Yes, sir. I'm be drafting number one. Maybe. To their high school. Let's hear it, gentlemen. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Let's go play some football. Let's go, baby. The university. We have 95 players here, so accomplished as athletes in high school, we gave them full scholarships to the best football program in the country. Now, their lives are about to change forever. Become your mom's favorite player? Whoa. This is Locked On NFL, and this is the Locked On Podcast Network Mock Draft.
Welcome to the 2020 Locked On NFL Mock Draft special. Brian Peacock here alongside former NFL scout Matt Williamson. We will take you through the first round plus in a network-wide mock draft. All 32 teams represented, even those without first-round picks. Hosts making picks for the teams they cover. Our friends from the college side of the network with profiles on each one of these prospects that get selected in the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special, why they are considered worthy of first-round selections, and analysis from my co-host, Matt Williamson, as well as draft dudes Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, and the Locked On NFL Draft crew, Trevor Sikama and Ben Solak. If you're listening to this kickoff episode on a team-specific podcast, you can follow along all week, every pick, throughout round one, on the Locked On NFL channel, teams are talking trades, so you may not know exactly where your team ends up selecting. We'll conclude this draft next Friday, checking in with those teams in round two who didn't select in the opening stanza, some of which might jump into round one before it's all finished, and recapping everything that went down all week long. Matt, I'm pumped. Are you ready to do this thing? I'm very ready to do this thing. This is a very cool event. I think people will enjoy it. We've had so many new subscribers since last year that didn't get to enjoy it. So you're in for a treat. You're in for a wild ride and a really well put together whole situation here starting right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was one of the most popular. It was the most popular show on the NFL side of the network last year. And I expect it to be even bigger and better. And the way things are right now in the world and wherever you are listening to this podcast, I hope you are well. And I hope this is something fun for you to listen to all week long. Matt, as the Cincinnati Bengals go on the clock with the opening selection in the Locked On NFL mock draft, you've been through this. What are teams doing in preparation, the final days and minutes leading up to the first pick for those specific teams? Well, this year, who the heck knows? I mean, (laughs) I'm sure that there's things like, you know, the the electronics or or the IT people are coming to everyone's homes to make sure everything works, checking, double checking, doing all that kind of stuff. We mentioned before, you know, maybe you could run mock drafts in terms of let's try to just do a a whole walkthrough basically of how this thing's going to work. If we're going to make a trade, who's in charge of calling this team, et cetera, et cetera. But honestly, in in the olden days and the not 2020 draft, most of the hay is in the barn really a day or two before the draft. I mean, you might be calling – agents of your favorite people to make sure that prospects didn't fall down the stairs or that knee that you're worried about isn't (laughs) flaring up. But for the most part, things should be done a couple days before the draft. Let's check in with some of our analysts here on the network. We have a pair of NFL draft shows, draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs of the Draft Dudes podcast, and let me just tell you, as a couple of Draft Dudes, we are really excited for this Locked On Podcast Network draft simulation where each host is going to make the picks for their team, and uh, I know it's not the real thing, but it's pretty damn close, and this draft promises to be very exciting with all the dynamics between the teams with multiple first-round picks and all the quarterbacks. So, Kyle, uh, I'm sure you're just as excited as I am. Yeah, the big mystery here is, from the quarterback perspective, how many can we get to go early? And then the other fascinating subplot is, when does the offensive tackle run start, and how fast does it go? Because there's generally considered to be four top offensive tackles. 
there's generally considered to be three top quarterbacks, maybe a fourth with Jordan Love if he sneaks in there, remains to be seen, and the order of all seven of those players who are feasibly top 12 talents coming off the board is going to be a really interesting scenario to see how it actually plays out here. I think just as interesting as the offensive tackle discussion is the wide receiver. Everybody knows this is a really deep and talented crop of receivers, but there's really exciting guys at the top of the board. You know, could we see six, seven, eight guys go off the board in the first round? When does that run start? And uh, who are those late first round guys that uh, teams that, you know, like the Packers or or like the Saints and Eagles and, and Vikings? Who do they get if they are a, a left kind of picking the later half of those top tier pro- prospects? So uh, offensive tackles, quarterbacks, wide receivers, the NFL is a passing league. And you can tell that this um, this draft is going to really help these offenses be more dynamic. Yeah, it's a deep class, and we're going to have a lot of opportunities to see players that in a typical class are probably off the board by 20. They might be lingering here in the late first round, early second round. So lots to look forward to, lots to get into. Looking forward to see how these teams start their drafts. Hey, everybody, Trevor Sykema and Benjamin Solak from the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast here with you. Excited to go on this journey of the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special. Ben, this is going to be a lot of fun. There's so many things that could happen in this mock draft. What are you looking forward to most? Yeah, it's always nice when you're able to get 32 guys, each of whom knows their team as well as the host in the Locked On Podcast Network do, and they can control for their pick. And then you have the freedom for things like trade negotiations as the pick comes off the board. You have the ability for surprises as each individual analyst focuses on their guys. I think, number one, we're not. it's not going to be a typical mock. It's not going to be like what we no, see definitely when not. only one person controls all 32 teams. There's going to be a lot more aggressive moves, so I expect to see big trade-ups. I expect to see surprising picks, yep. and that's, that's the reality with these. When you're controlling just that one team, you go and get your guy. That's what we see in the league. I guess that's what we'll be seeing in this mock as well. I'm really interested to see how the offensive tackles go here in the first round because – it's just the possibilities are endless. We saw that in our guest mock draft series that we're doing on our podcast. But, I mean, what other positions are, are big ones? Quarterback, wide receiver, probably, right? Well, I think, yeah. I think that when you're making these sorts of picks and it's it's catered to your audience for your podcast, you're tempted sometimes to go for those sexier positions. And the sexy position in this draft is undoubtedly wide receiver. So, to me, I'm really interested to see. We know the big three will come off the board and Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, and Henry Ruggs. Who's wide receiver four? Who's wide receiver five? And just how many can we fit in this first round? Ooh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Ben and I are going to be back with you recapping a lot of these picks throughout the mock draft. I'm very excited, so let's get it started. Okay, Matt, we're here. The Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. Is there any doubt what the Bengals should do here? They earned the right through their poor play in the 2019 season to be drafting number one overall on everybody's list. It seems to be the same name, the same prospect that should go first overall if their phone is ringing should they even be answering it or do they know who the pick will be with the first overall selection in this draft i mean you answer it and if someone offers you a godfather like offer you consider it and you still might not even say yes i mean i think burrow is the super prospect he would go first in almost every draft you know 9 out of 10 years that's a gift and the bengal's need it he's an ohio guy They need to sell tickets. They need to sell jerseys. The offense that he falls into isn't in that bad a shape as first overall selections go. So I think it's kind of too good to be true. 
All right, with that, this draft is underway. Let's go to the hosts of Locked on Bengals and get the pick for Cincinnati, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. With the first overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Cincinnati Bengals easily and without second thought select Joe Burrow. In fact, Joe, we received no calls in the war room for the number one pick. I guess everyone just knows not to ask. And I don't think we would have considered any offers anyway. So we make this pick. This pick has really been made since maybe late December when the Bengals lost to the Miami Dolphins in week 16 of the regular season and clinched their first overall pick. Joe Burrow went on a tear in the playoffs after that. And the Bengals will finally get a franchise quarterback. First time they've drafted number one since 2003 when they drafted Carson Palmer out of USC. They're in that position again. The roster has been turned over on the defensive side through free agency. And I think they're looking at this squarely of saying our Super Bowl window opens again if we draft Joe Burrow number one in 2020. That's right. The Bengals don't just spend money to spend money. This is a strategic injection of funds into the defense to make themselves competitive while they have Joe Burrow on his rookie deal for five years. He's, of course, expected to come in and be a day one starter in Cincinnati. Andy Dalton is still on the roster, but will not be on the roster by the time training camp comes around. He might not even be on the roster by the time the draft is finished. We are looking openly to trade Andy Dalton for whatever assets we can recover. And if that doesn't work out, he'll be cut before Joe Burrow shows up for rookie camp or for the first offseason activity that we're allowed to hold with these rookies this summer. Joe, how much better does Joe Burrow make this team? Well, the quarterback is the most important position. And I think we're looking at a guy coming off a historic college football season that many have said is the best passing performance throughout a whole season in the history of college football. What does he do better than Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton has been the Mendoza line for starting quarterbacks in the league for a long time. And I feel like all of the skills you look for typically when you look at college quarterbacks, usually they are the big guys with the strong arms going near the top. And you say, can they function in the pocket? Do they have accuracy? How's their IQ? How's their processing? Uh, How do they do off script? All the questions you normally go into tape asking with Joe Burrow, those are all the answers you have with him based on tape and based on what he showed this past year. All of those things are not in question. He has them in spades. It's the arm strength, right? That's the only area you really question. And I would say it's very similar to Andy Dalton. So it should be an upgrade in almost every area of quarterbacking other than that. And that's okay because when you look at the best quarterbacks in the league over the last 20 25 years, whether it's Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Drew Brees, they all had those other features in their game without having a cannon for an arm. Simply put, Joe Burrow is the most influential recruit in LSU football history. In leading the Tigers to the 2019 National Championship, Burrow was fantastic, shattering school records and setting national marks that may not be touched. 5,671 yards and 60 touchdown passes for Burrow while completing 76% of his passes. His arm strength won't wow you, but Joe Burrow makes up for it everywhere else. His decision-making is elite, 
just six interceptions on the 2019 season. He's the son of a coach and a film room junkie. There's a story about LSU beating Alabama, getting back to Tus- from Tuscaloosa to Baton Rouge, and when Joe Brady, the passing game coordinator, got to LSU football ops that night to go get the cutoffs of the film, Burrow had already beaten him there. Burrow has very underrated athleticism. Not only was he a high school quarterback, he was also a high school basketball player. And his ability to move the chains with his feet is something that many have overlooked throughout this process. Burrow is a fierce competitor whose teammates love him, who rises in the biggest moments. Should Joe Burrow stay healthy, he will have a long, prosperous NFL career as a franchise quarterback. This is Matt Moscona of Locked on LSU, your source for LSU and SEC content every day. All right, Matt, there's the pick. Joe Burrow goes number one overall to the Cincinnati Bengals, and there's a lot to like about Joe Burrow. I think maybe if you're nitpicking, you can find some knocks here and there about arm strength, which in some cases is completely overrated, and uh, I I like what was said by many smart NFL people in the past that the quarterback position isn't so much played with your arm once you get to the NFL level. It's played from the neck up, and I think that's where Joe Burrow really shines. Yeah, absolutely, and he he is a good athlete. He has a remarkable head and poise and confidence for the game, processing, accuracy. He does not have a power arm, and that worries me a little bit considering the area of the country he's going to when it's sleeting and windy and you know, in the NFC North and late in the year. We'll see how he deals with that, but that by no means would slow me down from making such a pick. He's a tremendous prospect. More Locked On NFL Draft special coming up. The Washington Redskins are now on the clock with the second selection 